Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Curious Canadian History. I'm your host, David Boris. Before there was a Justin Bieber or a Britney Spears or a new Kids on the Block or the Osmonds, there was Paul Anka, one of Canada's most important contributors to the landscape of modern pop music. While certainly not the first teen star, he was the first one from Canada and defied the odds by leaving Ottawa, Ontario heading to New York armed with only four songs to make it big. And make it big he did. His career has spanned decades. His success has been global. His work has been iconic. And while today younger listeners might not know much about him, his influence on music and music history, and Canadian music in particular, is undeniable. This is Season 8, Episode 8, I've Seen It, I've Done It, The Life of Paul Anka. Today's book recommendation is titled My Way. It is actually Paul Anka's biography, and Paul Anka wrote it with author David Dalton. And in fact, David Dalton was one of the founding editors of Rolling Stone magazine. My Way was published in 2013 by St. Martin's Press. Paul Albert Anka was born in Ottawa, Ontario on July 30th, 1941. His father, Andrew, was from Syria and his mother, Camelia, was from Lebanon. In fact, Anka was the name given to his family when they arrived in Canada. Now, according to Paul, his grandfather helped in the vigilante murder of a man who had raped a young woman from their village in Syria. When the grandfather arrived in Canada, fleeing the authorities back in Syria, not speaking English, he told the story. And during his account, the border official heard the man say Anka, which is Arabic for noose, which was the weapon of choice in this instance. And thus the family name became Anka. Paul recounts living a happy childhood, 
While his parents started out running a coffee shop near the House of Commons, they eventually were able to start their own restaurant, the Locanda, which became quite a popular spot in Ottawa, visited by hockey players, celebrities, musicians, politicians, and more. Paul also benefited from a large, close-knit family and had many cousins, uncles, and aunts whom he spent quite a lot of time with. At a young age, Paul certainly recounts that he was, as he writes it, a bit of a ham. He can remember realizing he could sing at about the age of 12 and recalls performing living room shows for his grandmother, who would always slip him a few bucks after. His earliest experience as he puts it, with seeing the monetary potential in show business. Paul's childhood was like many other kids, though. He played sports. He loved hockey in particular. He went to Fisher Park High School. He sang in the church choir and got into the usual bit of trouble that any boy would. In 1956, he formed a singing group called the Bobby Soxers, and this is how he first began performing live. Though, This performing wasn't necessarily backed by dreams of being a pop superstar. In fact, at this time, he had dreams of going into journalism and, in fact, began working odd jobs for the Ottawa Citizen. By the time he was 15, he was, however, performing regularly and even getting his mom to drive him to clubs across the river into Gatineau to see a wide variety of acts. Now, because the restaurant was doing well, his parents were able to buy him a piano, which they put in the basement, and it was here that Paul started writing some of his first songs. Now, in the summer of 1956, Paul went to Los Angeles to visit one of his uncles, and while there, he showed up at a small recording studio known as Modern Records, which had released a popular R&B hit known as Stranded in the Jungle by a band called the Cadets. He showed the studio owners one of his first songs, telling them this is going to be a hit. Surprisingly, they actually recorded it, and it was even released. This was a song called Blauville de Viste Fontaine which turned out not to be a hit, and Anka returned to Ottawa feeling like he had failed before he even ever got started. Soon after this event, this incident, Paul realized that if he was to make it in music, something that was totally unheard of for a Canadian teenager at the time, he would need to go to where the action is. And for him... The action was in New York. Thus, in 1957, armed with $500 that his father gave him, Paul traveled to New York, taking with him four songs. Tell Me That You Love Me, Don't Gamble With Love, I Love You Baby, and a little-known song called Diana. Paul traveled to New York with his friends, the Rover Boys, who actually ended up getting a hit with a song called Graduation Day, And as a result of their success, they were able to bring Paul in to meet Don Costa at ABC Paramount Records. Anka played Don all four songs that he had come down to New York with, and sure enough, found himself signed to the label. Diana and Don't Gamble With Love were recorded in May 1957, 
And within weeks of Diana being released in July of that same year, Paul Anka had himself a bona fide international smash. I'm so young and you're so old This my darling I've been told I don't care just what they say Cause forever I will pray You and I we will be as free As the birds up in the trees Only stay by me Diana By August, Diana had nearly 1 million copies sold and would go on to be number one in the United Kingdom, the United States, Canada, and a number of other countries. Paul was only just 16 years old, and he had hit stardom. Interestingly, as a side note, people always thought Diana was written about a former babysitter. And Paul says maybe this woman was a babysitter, but according to him, it was actually about a young woman he barely knew who worked as a clerk at his family's church. One of the things which made Anka stand out right away was that he had written his own material. While many black artists were writing and recording their own material, it was much less common for white pop stars to be releasing songs they'd written themselves. Think of Elvis Presley. For Anka to have a massive smash with Diana, his first label-backed single, and to have written most of it himself was almost unbelievable for the time and the industry. With the success of Diana, Anka was asked to join a massive US-wide tour known as the Biggest Show of Stars. This was run by a man named Irvin Feld, who would go on to become Anka's manager. What's fascinating is that Feld actually threw Anka out of the backstage of one of his Ottawa shows a couple years prior. Feld's tour was hectic to say the least. 80 days, 70 cities, But it was on this tour and subsequent ones where Anka not only honed his performing chops, but learnt from some of the absolute best performers on earth. James Brown, the Everly Brothers, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, and so many other artists were on this tour and others to come. In another odd twist of fate, on that very first tour, Anka was spending quite a lot of time with Chuck Berry. And Anka recalls how back in Ottawa years before, when Anka had snuck backstage and was subsequently tossed by Feld, he actually scored a few minutes to play Diana for Chuck Berry. And he famously quotes that Chuck Berry responded by saying, that ain't a song, son. That's a conversation you have at the Dairy Queen. Anka toured relentlessly during the following year while releasing a number of popular songs. Time to Cry hit number four in the U.S. All of a Sudden My Heart Sings hit number 15. 
In fact, during this touring, Anka and Buddy Holly became really close, and Anka was actually asked to write a song for Buddy, and this song became It Doesn't Matter Anymore. So I could sit and cry Well, golly gee, what have you done to me? Well, I guess it doesn't matter anymore Do you remember, baby, last September How you held me tight each and Buddy Holly released It Doesn't Matter Anymore Shortly before he tragically died and Anka, in fact, gave his composer royalties to Buddy Holly's widow. When Paul Anka talks of these touring days, he does so with fondness. He learned to be an elite performer. He became close with a wide variety of both white and black artists, which at the time touring the U.S. was quite a profound thing. He saw the world. He met a long list of young, infatuated women. Now, not all was roses, however. Paul Anka and Jerry Lee Lewis, for instance, had a notorious feud going on. Now, Anka admits he was a bit of a brat on these tours. He was playing pranks on people, and he also was a fairly confident, maybe even arrogant teenager. And he collided a lot with Jerry Lee Lewis's drunken, obnoxious personality. In fact, Anka says Jerry Lee was an absolute nightmare. Now, in 1959, Anka had another hit with a song called Lonely Boy. Lonely Boy topped the Billboard Hot 100 for four weeks. And in 1960, Anka continued his charting success with a song called My Hometown. Now, Lonely Boy is an interesting song because it was a real reflection of the loneliness Paul was feeling at the time of writing the song. He was always on the road. He was far away from home. He was not really able to have any sustainable relationships, and he was always around people much older than him. Still, one of the most unique aspects about Anka, and it's worth repeating here, was that he wasn't just some teen idol pop star, which he certainly was, having pretty much invented the concept. But he was a real songwriter who would eventually amass dozens of writing credits. In 1962, he was asked to write the theme song for The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, a song, or a jingle, that Anka says has made him the most money out of any song in his career. He wrote the song Teddy, a top 20 hit for Connie Francis, in 1960. He wrote the theme song for the legendary film The Longest Day, and he even made a cameo in the film. She's a Lady by Tom Jones, said to be the least favorite song Paul's ever written, and perhaps most iconic, he wrote the English lyrics for My Way by Frank Sinatra, and we'll come back to this in a bit. 
By the 1960s, he was appearing regularly at Las Vegas casinos. In fact, he was one of the first major popular artists to do so while in his prime. And this was part of a rebranding of the Paul Anka image into a more adult-oriented singer. As part of this, he released a big band album in 1960. He opened at the Copacabana in New York and began not only playing Vegas, but playing clubs around the world. This would turn out to be a brilliant move when, especially in the mid-1960s, the British musical invasion spearheaded by the Beatles utterly transformed the American pop music landscape. The 1960s were a dynamic time for Anka. He began starring in a series of movies, mostly campy teen films. Lonely Boy, the song, for instance, became the theme song to the teenage film Girl's Town, which starred Paul Anka. Though Paul's personal life took a tragic hit in 1960, when his mother passed away in May that year from complications with diabetes, this left him utterly devastated. Now, the summer of that same year, 1960, he met a model named Anne de Zogeb, whom he ended up marrying in 1963. And it's something that he said his mother would have loved because Anne was Lebanese. Professionally, Paul also made a pretty incredible move. In what can be described as a brilliant business decision, he left his label and signed with a new one, RCA. What made this move so interesting was that he was able to purchase the rights to all of his songs at a cost of $25,000. Now, a bit of an explanation is needed here. In the music business, when an artist records a song, their label pays for the recording of that song, and thus it owns what is called the master, i.e. the master recording. In modern day, some of our listeners might be aware of Taylor Swift, who re-recorded a number of her classic hits in order to own the new master recordings of those after she was unsuccessfully able to purchase back the masters of the original versions. Well, long before Taylor Swift, Paul Anka was able to purchase the masters to all of his recordings done with ABC. So he moved to RCA, owning his own catalog, and Anka is one of the first artists of the pop music age to do such a thing. Curious Canadian history. We'll be back after the break. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Folks, I get that not everyone likes hearing advertisements in their podcasts. And we here at Curious Canadian History have made it possible for you to hear ad-free content. All you need to do is go over to Patreon 
and donate a buck or two to the podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Curious Canadian History. If you go there and you donate, you can get access to all of our episodes ad-free. There's even a Patreon app that you can download to your phone. So if you're driving in the car or you're working out or whatever, you don't need to be on some website just to access it. We appreciate all of your support And we thank you for continuing to listen to Curious Canadian History. Now back to the regularly scheduled program. By the mid-1960s, Anka was in a bit of a weird place, professionally speaking. Globally, he was doing great, playing clubs all over the world, popular in dozens of countries. He was even releasing music in Italian for the Italian market. Yet... By 1965-66, he had been a few years without a real hit, and pop music was changing rapidly with the British invasion, and despite the fact that Anka was still quite young, he was starting to feel out of touch with his own generation of music consumers. This was also coupled with the fact that Anka had now become a regular in Las Vegas. While perhaps Paul Anka, the teen icon, was now in the rearview mirror, Paul Anka, the adult, was having a ton of fun. You see, Anka had become friends with all of the Rat Pack. Joey Bishop, Peter Lawford, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and most importantly, Frank Sinatra, who in fact nicknamed Anka the Kid. That decade of the 1960s, was a wild time in Vegas, where behind the scenes, the mob ran almost all of it. In front of the scenes, the Rat Pack, and particularly Sinatra, were the center of the town. Despite the fact that Anka was 25 years younger than Sinatra, him and Sammy Davis Jr. in particular took Anka under their wings, and Anka experienced the whole Rat Pack Vegas experience For several years, everybody was playing shows in those days, and it was common for artists to go from their own show to check out another's act. Anka talks of wrapping up his own set at the Sands at around midnight, getting a bite to eat, hitting the tables, then catching Sinatra and the gang doing their show at 2 a.m., and then going out to party with the gang and their entire entourage well into the wee hours of the morning. For several years, Anka's life revolved around this lifestyle. So, while Anka was not necessarily as relevant as he had once been musically speaking, he was at the same time right at the center of a particular golden age in Las Vegas history. This connection with Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. would lead to Anka's second phase of his career, that of the bonafide songwriter. Anka always did see himself as a songwriter first, and Sinatra had, in fact, been bugging him to write a song for the man himself. Now, when Sinatra, in 1967, confided in Anka that he was planning on retiring, Anka sat down and wrote the lyrics to My Way. Apparently, this was the longest time it ever took for Anka to write a song. And what was unusual about My Way 
was the fact that while the lyrics were Anka's own, the melody was actually from a French song called Comme d'Abitude, which Anka had heard on the radio while in southern France. Now, Anka was always looking for inspiration to write a song for Frank, and this announcement, the secret announcement of a planned retirement was the catalyst. Frank went on to release My Way in March 1969, and it became his most iconic song. Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew When I bit off more than I could chew But through it all, when there was dark Frank Sinatra was back, baby. And this put Anka on the map as a legitimate songwriter who could write hits for other artists, write songs that could be hits for other artists. Two years after My Way was released, Tom Jones released the Anka-written hit, She's a Lady. Two years after that, Sammy Davis Jr. released the Anka-written song, I'm Not Anyone. I'm not anyone, no, not just anyone. I have the right to lead a life fulfilled with every need. Not only was 1969 a big year for Anka professionally, but the first of his daughters was born that year as well. And from 1969 to 1977, Anka and Anne would be blessed with five daughters. By the 1970s, Anka's original teen fan base had now matured, and Anka was able to capitalize on this with his 1974 release, You're Having My Baby written about his wife. You're having my baby What a lovely way of saying how much you love me You're having my baby What a lovely way this duet with Odia Coates became a number one and was his first top 25 single in a decade. In fact, him and Coates would go on to release three more duets that would chart top 10. In 1976, Anka got another top 10 on the U.S. pop chart with Times of Your Life, and this was a song originally released as a jingle for the Kodak company. By this point, it seemed like Anka's professional career worked in cycles. 
huge in the late 50s and early 60s, then a dry spell in the mid-60s, followed by a revival in the 70s, which would then be followed by another dry spell in the 80s. Now, in the early 70s, Anka moved the whole family to Vegas, this time to a bit of a different Vegas than the one of the mid-60s. While the mob was still involved in the day-to-day operations, the town was slowly going corporate. New money and new hotels were starting to change the look and feel of the city. Billionaires like Howard Hughes and Steve Wynn, Anka's friend and neighbor, and the man responsible for the golden nugget, Bellagio Wynn, among others, were all part of this slow corporatization. Though this is not to say that the mob wasn't still very active, it's worth pointing out that Anka became quite familiar with two of the top mob guys in the town, Lefty Rosenthal and Tony Spilatro. Now, for those movie buffs out there, in the movie Casino, Robert De Niro's character is based on Lefty, and Joe Pesci's is based on the very scary in real life Tony Spilatro. During this time, Anka even became a partner in the construction of Vegas's first freestanding discotheque called Jubilation. This opened in 1978 to award-winning reviews. And into the early 80s, it was one of the hottest clubs in Vegas, full of showgirls, A-list celebs, high-ranking mobsters, and even a Saudi prince. With the dawn of the 80s, Anka was in the position to reinvent himself once again. Now, he admits that his association with Vegas as a marquee performer hurt his ability to be taken seriously outside of the city, even though by the 1980s, more and more A-list performers were starting to do stints in Vegas, not to mention that today, Vegas is where everybody seems to want to go to do a residency. Anka remained busy, though. He had a top five adult contemporary hit in 1983 with Hold Me Till the Morning Comes. This was his last hit in the United States. He continued to write songs for TV, film, and other artists. And he actually started to take more acting gigs. As of the writing of this episode, for instance, Anka's acting credits include The Longest Day, Perry Mason, The Simpsons, That 70s Show, the movie 3,000 Miles to Graceland, the show Gilmore Girls, and many more. He also continued to tour and perform relentlessly, not just in Vegas, but all over the world. Yet despite him staying as active as ever, in many ways the 1980s once again saw Anka disappear from mainstream musical relevance in North America. It should be noted, though, Anka continued to do quite well around the world. For instance, he released the album Amigos, which was a compilation of duets with well-known Latin artists. The album and a number of singles did well amongst Latin American listeners. Sadly, Paul's personal life took a hit in April of 1993 when his father passed away. Anka speaks of his father as a major anchor in Anka's both personal and professional life. The late 1990s saw Paul Anka once again make a kind of comeback 
when he released his 1998 compilation album, A Body of Work, which included numerous performers such as Celine Dion, Kenny G, Patti LaBelle, and more. Most of the tracks were produced by fellow Canadian David Foster, whom Anka had taken under his wing many years before. Most special to Anka on this album was the duet of My Way with Sinatra. Now, by this point, Frank Sinatra was too sick to re-record his vocals, so they isolated his vocals from the original My Way and then layered it over with Anka's singing and a new arrangement for the song. Frank sadly died in May 1998, four months before the album was released. Anka made a surprising musical move several years later, in 2005, with his release of Rock Swings, one of my personal favorite Anka albums, which saw him cover a bunch of rock classics such as Wonderwall, Bon Jovi's It's My Life, Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit, Michael Jackson's The Way You Make Me Feel, and a bunch of other pop and rock classics, all in the big band style. Load up, load up, and bring your friends. It's fun to lose and to pretend. She's overboard, she's self-assured. Oh no, I know. A dirty word, hello, 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 how low Hello, 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 how low With the lights out, less dangerous Here we are now, entertain us I feel stupid, contagious Here we are now Entertain us I'm a lotto And a final A mosquito My libido While no single necessarily did well, the album ended up number two on the Billboard Top Jazz Albums chart and frankly became a living room favorite for old and new fans alike, including yours truly. As well, with the success of the album, Anka was awarded a star on Canada's Walk of Fame in Toronto. It's interesting because not only had Anka by this time become a dual citizen, having been given U.S. citizenship in 1990, but this moment was the end of what Anka calls a long Cold War between him and the city of Ottawa. So Anka had chafed at a series of negative reviews he received back in the 60s and 70s, one Ottawa reviewer called him bow-legged, and he had not played a show in Ottawa since 1981. Now, after getting the star on the Walk of Fame in Toronto, the city of Ottawa declared a Paul Anka Day, and in Anka's terms, the Cold War finally ended. Now, in terms of helping Canadian talent, Anka is credited with not only helping to discover David Foster, but also the legend Michael Bublé, whom Anka saw as a window 
into a modern revival of the American songbook standards that he, Sinatra, and others had sang their whole lives. And he clearly wasn't wrong. Now, Paul's personal life became a touch more hectic with the dawn of the 21st century. He divorced from Anne in 2001, and then he married his personal trainer, Anna Alberg, in 2008 and fathered a son with her, but they divorced in 2010 in what was a messy split, though Anka remains tight-lipped on the details. In 2016, Anka married longtime girlfriend Lisa Pemberton, but they divorced in 2020. The musical journey got interesting too. Four years after the release of Rock Swings, Anka was once again putting his name on modern pop releases. You see, back in the 1980s, he had co-written a song called This Is It with none other than Michael Jackson. And this was originally intended to be a duet to be released in 1990. When the song was released in 2009, Anka was not given any writing credit. Yet, after a short legal back and forth, he was giving 50% his rightful due. In the dictionary next to the word icon, there should be a photo of Paul Anka. In a business where artists, performers, songwriters are lucky to last a couple of years, Anka has measured his success in decades. He's made 123 albums in English, Spanish, German, and Italian. He's written or sung some of the biggest popular hits in modern music history. He's traveled the world so many times that places like Japan, the south of France, the Ottawa Valley, New York, Las Vegas, Italy, Spain, all feel like home. He was one of the original teen sensations. Teen magazines were literally invented because of his success at such an early age. And he was right there at the heart of Vegas when the Rat Pack turned that city into a legend of its own. He has millions of adoring fans around the world, and he has reinvented himself in ways that have kept him relevant. As Mr. Paul Anka writes in his own biography, and I quote, What really matters in the end? It's not all the stuff. It's not the homes, the cars, the awards hanging on my wall, but those that I will leave behind. People I have loved and who will think about me in a warm and loving way when the journey has ended. I want to thank you all for listening today. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Doc Boris. That's at D-O-C-B-O-R-Y-S. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Patreon. And you can find us on all podcast listening devices. And please do not hesitate to write and leave a comment. We love to hear from you. I'm David Boris. Stay curious, friends. Friends.